Would you open God's precious holy word to 1 Kings chapter 15? We only are looking at the northern kingdom uh, tonight and the leadership really just going to go right through it because it's uh, the same thing over and over. But there is a, a theme to which we should pay attention. And there are a couple of key words that uh, we should pay attention to as well <clears throat> because it's as much a lesson in leadership as it is anything else. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. For the most part, it's, it's, it's a bad story. The story of the kings of the northern kingdom of Israel. There are some historical things in here that are interesting that um, we pay attention to. But the real action and development are in the southern kingdom where the son of David sits on the throne. There was more stability and it, <laughs> it took Judah longer to finally collapse into sin and come under the judgment of God than it did the northern kingdom. And yet, the northern kingdom is still under the uh, careful eye of Yahweh. So it's, it's a rather lengthy thing we're going to look at here tonight. So let's just start right in. Not of the son of Jeroboam. You remember Jeroboam? He's the guy who began serving Solomon and then he rebelled and he became a bad guy, first king of uh, the northern kingdom. His son, Nadab, over Israel, the second year of Asa, the king of Judah. And he ruled over Israel for two years. You're going to see for the most part instability in uh, the highest office of the land, the king. There was no covenant from Yahweh regarding the king of Israel, the northern kingdom. The covenant that Yahweh had made was with David and his, his sons. That produced a more extensive righteousness in the sense of... Uh, of uh, the, uh, the, the timber of life and the way of life in the kingdom and among the people. And uh, it produced stability. There wasn't any doubt about which, which family the king of Judah would come from. We keep in mind as well that the southern kingdom, of course, has the temple, has uh, the priesthood, and uh, the son of David on the throne. Now, if you'll notice here, the son of Jeroboam, not a, he reigned for two years. That's, that's not a real long time for a king to reign as king, to sit on the throne. 
He reigned for two years. And he did that which was evil in the eyes of Yahweh. Now you're going to see that phrase quite a bit. Evil comes from a Hebrew word that means adversarial. He was these kings about whom it is said consistently, he did that which was evil in the eyes of Yahweh. Means that they were adversarial to Yahweh. Well, that's, that's never a good path to follow, to be an adversary of Yahweh. But if you also look in the eyes of Yahweh, the 10 tribes in that Northern kingdom were still under a covenant in a sense themselves. Uh, they, they still were a part of the overall uh, kingdom of Israel, the, 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 the overall uh, tribes, the number of the tribes, the sons of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the covenant with Abraham and then was transferred to Isaac in Genesis and then it was transferred to, to Jacob who became Israel and then the prophecy of his sons in Genesis 49.10 uh, and then when we get to the end of, of the age in the book of the Revelation, the whole of the 12 tribes is seen again, which teaches us that they have never been out of, from under the eyes of Yahweh. 10 lost tribes. You've probably heard that a lot through the years. Who's to know? I've read several articles in the past, I don't know, 10, 12 years. The, the Jews in Israel have a great interest in chasing down the genealogy of those who would be considered uh, a part of the tribes that are considered, have been considered to be the lost tribes. And apparently they're not that lost uh, at least to the researchers um, in Israel. It's, an, it's always an interesting uh, reading. Tribe of Dan, for example, and this comes from, this comes from other sources than, than just the so-called Worldwide Church of God. Tribe of Dan traveled north and went all the way to the extreme north and the, the term Dan, Dan Dan, is seen in in several uh, uh, spots, landmarks in, uh, in, in northern uh, Europe. There's Denmark and the Danube River and London. And so there's a lot of things that uh, carry that, that name in it. It's an interesting read anyway. Well, with that said, that may or may not be the case. It doesn't say so in the Bible. It's just entertaining to read about those things. But here, what we note is that this is sort of a rogue group of people. They seem to be in constant confusion, except in a couple of times, except for a couple of eras of their history. And There are several things that have been done wrong. 
they tried to create their own worship of the true and living God by, by creating their own temple and priesthood. Do you remember back we read about that? They were naming anybody who said, hey, I'm a priest. You could, they named them a priest. Anybody who wanted to be a priest could be a priest. Just kind of a wild and crazy time. But it was a rapid demise into total collapse because finally the kingdom collapsed and they do so decades and decades earlier than the southern kingdom of, of Judah. They also, while they are part of the covenant that God has made with the overall nation of Israel, none of those tribes are the ones who carry the promise of the Christ. Judah and then the house of David carry the promise of the Christ. Forsaking the worship. Now, we spent quite a bit of time in the book of Leviticus. Well, even going back into Exodus when we were there, studying the detail of the construction of the tabernacle, all of the, uh, the materials that were to be used, the instruments that were to be uh, crafted, and uh, the pattern of the tabernacle and the ways that people were to approach uh, the worship to Yahweh in the tabernacle and the priesthood, the selection of the, of the Levitical priesthood. They were sort of like worship leaders in a sense. They assisted people uh, in offering their sacrifices and giving them teaching lessons about what was going on in their lives. And then, of course, the sons of Aaron, uh, who, who they were the high priesthood, Aaron and his descendants. Quite a bit of detail about how all of this is to be put together, how it to be handled. It's to be handled, and we've studied how when they begin to march, what group of the Levites were to do what certain things with regard to folding up and packing up the tabernacle and all that was in it and moving out and then how to unfold it and unpack it and put it back up. All of this is, is, is very detailed. How to bring an animal, what kind of animal to bring, what kind of sacrifice uh, one was offering. And those sacrifices could only be offered according to the Levitical code, according to the law of Moses. And it had to do with in the early day, the tabernacle, and in this day, the temple, the northern kingdom didn't have that. It didn't seem to be that important to them, apparently. Um, now, there were some who came back into the southern kingdom. And when, do you remember uh, earlier we saw how the king of the northern kingdom was building towers and building a wall, and he didn't want them to go, and then the southern kingdom king, he made an alliance with Syria so that, that he, the northern king lost his power. He lost his power, so he quit, he quit trying to stop people to... <laughs> he, quit, he quit people... He, quit, he stopped trying to stop the people from crossing the border. Um, it was an interesting uh, context with regard to how apparently there are genuine worshipers in the northern kingdom who are compelled to do all they can do to follow the law. 
And so, in some cases, they would breach the instructions of their own kings to get back into the temple and to, and to make, a, uh, make a sacrifice and offer a, a sacrifice. That At least we could read that into the context when we were in that part. So these people in the northern kingdom, the ten tribes to the north, for the most part are, are rapidly following a spiral downward into absolute worldliness. And the longer they go, the more numb they are and insensitive they are to their obligations as children, as sons of Abraham to offer this God-designed worship. So it was, they didn't have the best of situations. One large reason is mentioned here in the last part of verse 26. He went in the way of his father and in his sin that he had caused Israel to sin. There is no denial in the scripture of the influence of earthly leadership over people. We can see it in our own land. During those times when, when leaders in this country seemed to at least have some kind of spiritual sensitivity, there were lines that couldn't be crossed. There were things that just weren't acceptable. And uh, in my view, the society was better off for it. Now in those times, however, contrary-wise, when leadership in the nation is lax, Toward those um, boundaries, those those lines that one shouldn't cross, and they lose and become insensitive to um, the at least the attempt toward righteousness of the forefathers. The nation suffers. Now Hosea later will write regarding the northern kingdom about the total collapse of their society because of sinfulness that here started at the top. Speaking of Jeroboam, the father of Nadab, it was in Jeroboam's sin. Jeroboam caused Israel to sin. And Nadab was going in the same way of his father. So the people were released, I guess you would say, with no priesthood, no son of David, no uh, temple. Uh, every man is a prophet if he wants to, or every man is a priest if he wants to be. And these people, these people are totally... Um, uh, wild, they go wild, and Hosea writes in Hosea. He said, 
They lied. Well, actually, it's the word he's coming from. He's coming from Yahweh and he's quoting Yahweh to the people. And Yahweh says to the people through the prophet, I have a controversy with Israel. Now, the illustration, the metaphorical setting is that Yahweh is the husband and Israel is the wife. The, uh, the genuine illustration of that was in the life of Hosea himself. And Yahweh told him to take Gomer for his wife, and she was a prostitute. And the message then comes from the heart of Hosea, who was deeply in love with a woman of harlotry. And she broke his heart. And so Hosea could speak from the heart of Yahweh. I have a controversy with the land. They lie, there's lying and stealing and killing and exchanging of blood. There is no knowledge of God in the land. Later on, he says, and I've given them up. So what you see, it's, it, in the context, it's, it's more horrific than just my general summary there. But the people of God would go crazy. And they would murder, they would commit adultery, they would steal, they blasphemed God, they refused to take any kind of spiritual instruction. They wouldn't have known what, a, what the Torah was if you tried to explain it to them. They didn't care. And then they break out, they, they cast off all bonds of restraint, the, the, the prophet said, and blood touches blood. So they, they collapsed into open anarchy in their land. So having once been something of a nation, and they become a fairly strong nation under Jeroboam II, we see him much later, yet because of their sin, they, they had no character, and without integrity and without character, and in their carelessness, and in their spiritual apathy, they totally collapsed as a culture. And as a nation, and, it was, and then Assyria just comes in and takes them over, carries them off as slaves. That's the northern kingdom. Well, we begin to see why, because we see this phrase a lot that is in verse 26. The king, the leadership, the highest office in the land did evil, was an adversary to Yahweh. Adversarial to Yahweh. Such that... In his sin, he caused Israel to sin. People in leadership, in any level or kind of leadership, should spend a big part of the day on their faces before God. I read about an effective leader in this country once, and he said he read the book of Proverbs every day. Every day. He started out his day reading the book of Proverbs, practical righteousness, and how to live. These kings were adversaries to you. They didn't care anything about that. They were selfish. 
They were self-centered. They were politically driven. They were not religiously driven. They were not driven by any spiritual thought or action. They didn't care about their people. They just wanted power. And in his sin, he caused Israel to sin. That went down to Nadab, his son. And Baasha, that's the guy I was talking about a while ago, Baasha, the son of Ahijah, the house of Issachar, conspired against him. And you see, there's no, there's no stability. There is no family. There's no dynasty that holds on. There was nothing to, to restrain them. Conspired against him, and Baasha struck him at Gibbeton, which belonged to the Philistines when Nadab and all Israel were laying siege to Gibbeton. And Baasha slew him in the third year of Asa, the king of Judah, and ruled in his stead. So here's the next guy who's the king. How did he take the throne? Through murder and conspiracy. That's, that's quite the method all the way through with regard to the northern kingdom and the kings there. And it was as soon as he was king, he slew all the house of Jeroboam. He did not leave over any person belonging to Jeroboam until he destroyed it according to the word of Yahweh through his servant Ahijah the Shilonite. Now, what, three weeks back or so, we, well, I don't know, since Christmas, may have been back in November. But anyway, the word of Yahweh, because of the evil of Jeroboam, the word of Yahweh was that his household will be utterly destroyed because of his sin. Sin carries its consequences, absolutely and utterly. Wasn't any different here. Now, it's interesting that an evil king like Baasha, a murderer, is the instrument Yahweh uses to fulfill his word. According to the word of Yahweh through his servant, Ahiah, the Shilonite. For the sins of Jeroboam, which he had sinned and caused Israel to sin because of his angering, which he angered Yahweh, Elohe, uh, Yahweh, the God of Israel. He sinned in his position. Israel followed in, in his sin. He didn't care. He didn't issue any edict against it. He didn't forbid, he didn't forbid the things that were, that were absolutely contradictory to the law of Moses, to the law of God, the Torah. He, he, didn't, he didn't care. And so this sin follows from the top of leadership all the way through the population, the, the people, and it goes from generation to generation. And it angered Yahweh, the God of Israel. And the rest of the events of Nadab and all that he did, they are inscribed in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel. And there was war between Asa and Baasha. That's, that's, when, that's when the alliance was made with the king of Syria. And all their lives, during the third year of Asa, the king of Judah, Baasha, the son of Ahira, Reigned over all Israel and Terzah 24 years. So he reigned a long time, relatively speaking. However, 
He did that which was evil. He did what was evil in the eyes of Yahweh. He went in the way of Jeroboam. This guy was already killed. All of his household is killed. But there is a way that was an evil way that was established by the first king. And the kings thereafter followed in that way. And it's called here the way of Jeroboam. And in his sins that he had caused Israel to sin. Can we see the importance of leadership and the natural influence that comes from leadership? Or if a person is in leadership and has no leadership, he's the lack of leadership. You can't just leave an institution, an organization, a nation. You can't just leave it in a vacuum. The demon of power consumes people. And they're ever seeking a way to become the one, the leader. He did what was evil in the eyes. Went in the way of Jeroboam. Still causing Israel to sin. The word of Yahweh was to Yahu, the son of Hanani, about Baasha saying, since I have elevated you, now this is what he's saying to Baasha. Yahweh to Baasha through the prophet. Since I have elevated you from the dust and made you prince over my people Israel, and you have gone in the way of Jeroboam, and you've caused my people Israel to sin and to anger me, with their sins, behold, I will expunge after Baasha and after his house, and I will make your house as the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat. The dead of Baasha in the city, the dogs will eat, and the dead of Baasha in the field, the fowl of the sky will eat. The rest of the events of Baasha and what he did and his mighty deeds are written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel. Baasha lay with his fathers and he was buried in Terzah and Elah his son and uh, Elah his son reigned in his place. So here's the next guy. Nevertheless, did I do that right? Reigned in his place, yes. Nevertheless, in the hand of Yahu, the son of Hanani, the prophet, was the word Yahweh concerning Baasha, concerning his house, because of all iniquity which he had done in the presence of Yahweh, to anger him with the work of his hands, to be as the house of Jeroboam, and because he had slain him. Now this is another really, and I should have really uh, underlined it uh, and made it bold. What you do, you do in the presence of Yahweh. Especially those who are in the highest positions of leadership. Yahweh, it's in his eyes, it's in his presence. So as to be in the house of Jeroboam, and because he had slain him in the 26th year of Asa, the king of Judah, Elah, the son of Baasha, ruled over Israel and Terzah for two years. So here's another guy, just two years. His servant Zimri, captain of half of the chariots, conspired against him while he was in Terzah, drinking himself drunk in the house of Arza, who was appointed over the household in Terzah. 
And Zimri came and smote him and slew him in the 27th year of Asa, the king of Judah. And he reigned in his stead. So this guy up here reigns for two years until his commander comes and kills him and reigns in his stead. And when it was when he reigned, as he sat on his throne, that he smote the entire house of Baasha. That's a fulfillment of the word of Yahweh. He did not leave him with any males, nor his kinsfolk, nor his friends. Zimri destroyed the entire house of Baasha, as the word of Yahweh, which he had spoken concerning Baasha through Jehu the prophet. For all the sins of Baasha and the sins of Elah, his son, Elah, the sins of Elah, his son, that they sinned and that they caused Israel to sin to anger Yahweh the God of Israel with their false gods. So what was the big sin? The big sin was to permit idolatry. I've told you this many times. But the idolatry of foreign gods in the Old Testament produced a worldview, it produced a culture, and it produced a behavior in those who followed these foreign gods all of which were an abomination to Yahweh. It mostly centered on sexual perversion. But the entertainment also came through wine and incense, which would have been stuff that you light up and sniff and get high on. That continues on. You can read that kind of description even in the days of Athena in the New Testament. That same kind of, you can call a god or a goddess by any name, but the worship of all of those all the way through the Bible, that's because in Genesis 10.10, it says of Nimrod, who was the first one who allowed people to name false gods. You know, they had a god of their own. They, they named false gods, false religions. The beginning of his kingdom was at Babel, Babel, Babylon. And it doesn't stop through history until the book of the Revelation. Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen. It is a social curse that directly descends from idolatry. It exists today. People who are engaged in horrific, sinful lifestyles don't understand that they are under the possession of the Elohim, of the demon gods, whose, whose great persuasion and demonic power possess people in their so-called religion. This is why this is why this is the basis of their sinfulness, the false gods. 
They become addicted to this kind of lifestyle. And it is as though a wall has been built between who they are and where they are and where Yahweh is. And this is the kind of thing that had gripped the northern kingdom of Israel. The rest of the events of Elah and all that he did, are they written in the book of Chronicles of the Kings? Well, they are written in the book of Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. During the 27th year of Asa, the king of Judah, Zimri, <laughs> reigned for seven days. Well, he got a full weekend anyway. He reigned for seven days in Terza, while the people were encamped around Gibbeton of the Philistines. Now, this guy is the shortest, has the shortest reign of all of them. And the people who were encamped heard saying, Zimri rebelled and has also slain the king. And all of Israel pronounced Omri, the commander-in-chief of the army, king of Israel, on that day in the camp. Now, tell me, let me tell you about this guy, Omri. His son, one word will say it all, Ahab, his daughter-in-law, Jezebel. Omri and all of Israel went up from Gibbeton and besieged Terza. And here's the thing about it. Omri actually develops and builds a dynasty to show you the grip of sin and darkness on the northern kingdom the guy who is the worst of them, it's going to say down through here, he did worse than any of them. And then Ahab, against whom Elijah come, God will send Elijah against Ahab. So Amri and all of Israel went up from Gibbethim to besiege Terza. And it was when Zimri saw that the city was captured, he went into the inner chamber of the king's palace and burned over him, burnt over him the king's palace with fire, and he died. Well, I, I could have found a better way, I think. Sets his palace on fire and dies in the fire. The total possession of evil, even at the highest level. Because of his sins, which he sinned to do evil in the eyes of Yahweh. To go in the way of, there it is again, the way of Jeroboam. And in his sins, which he did to cause Israel to sin. There it is again. Can you see what is implied in that? It is implied that if the king would get his life right, then he would have the power to assert himself in a spiritual way over the people. But he wouldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He was in the way of Jeroboam. Possessed. And the rest of the events of Zimri and his Rebellion that he rebelled are written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel. Then the people of Israel were divided in two. Half the people went after Tibni, the son of Ganat, to proclaim him king, and half after Omri. And the people that followed Omri overpowered those who were after Tibni, the son of Ganat, and Tibni died. And Omri reigned. 31st year of Asa, the king of Judah, 
Omri ruled over Israel 12 years in Terza. He ruled six of those years. And he brought the mountain of Samaria. He bought the mountain of Samaria from Shemir for two talents of silver. Now here's a, here's a trivia question. A Bible, how, from whence did Samaria, Samaria come? Why does Samaria have the name that it has? Where well, it is. He bought, he bought the mountain of Samaria from Shamir for two talents of silver, built up the mountain and called the name of the city which he built after the name of Shamir, the Lord of the mountain, Samaria. Shamir, that's how it's his name. And Omri did what was evil in the eyes of Yahweh, and he was more wicked than all of those who preceded him. So it's a bad guy. And the sad thing is, he's the guy who develops a dynasty here. His son, and then his son's son. And it's, it's really the only dynasty that existed uh, in the northern kingdom of Israel. And it was, it was headed up by the guy who was the most evil of all of the kings. Which tells you what darkness the people and the land were in. And he went in all the ways of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and in his sin that he caused Israel to sin to anger Yahweh, the God of Israel, with their false gods. There it is again. And the rest of the actions of Omri that he accomplished and his mighty deeds that he did are inscribed in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel. And Omri lay with his fathers, and he was buried in Samaria, and Ahab, his son, ruled in his stead. We'll stop there because we have a lot to say about old Ahab. He's not really Ahab the Arab. He's. Oh well. All right. So we'll have our uh, deacon prayer time right now.